This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Philippians tonight, Philippians chapter 4. Read a few verses there. Last chapter of Philippians. Uh, reading from verse 10. <clears throat> Paul said, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not, I res- not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Particularly verse 11, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Life is a journey, isn't it? A journey in which the road we travel is never straight or level. It is hills, it's valleys, it's curves, it's bends, it's light, it's shade. Some days on the journey that we're on is vibrant and full of color. Other days it's drab and monochrome. Some days is productive and prosperous. Everything goes our way. And other days it seems it's barren and empty. Some days you feel so spiritually strong that you want to run after your giants. But then there's other days you feel like Elijah sitting down under the juniper tree saying, Lord, I'm done. It's enough. The Apostle Paul, he traveled this road too. His journey as a believer was full of twists and turns. He knew more than anybody what it was like to abound and to be abased. There was times he had plenty, he said. There was times he said, I was empty. There was times he was filled. There was times he went hungry. And in the midst of all of this, he's still able to say, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, this is a remarkable statement because when you read of all the things that Paul went through as a believer, you realize this was no idle statement. You realize that he's not speaking in a vacuum. He's not in some kind of a spiritual bubble, but he was in real life situations when he wrote this. In fact, he was in prison when he wrote this. And so let's just look just for a moment or two, first of all, at some of the Situations that he found himself in. Whenever, whenever Paul spoke about the armor of God, uh, why do you think he talked about that? Because he went through so many things that he needed God's armor on him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, in verse 16 of chapter 11, he said, I say again, Let no one think me a fool. If otherwise, at least receive me as a fool, that I also may boast a little. 
The reason why he said that was because when he was gone, there was those who came into the church who were great boastful men, boasted in all their accomplishments, so-called boasted in the great enlightenment apparently that they had above anybody else. And Paul says that was very foolish. In fact, they were fools. But he said, you Corinthians, you accepted them and you treated them well. So he said, uh, just count me as a fool and you accepted them as a fool. Okay, accept me as a fool. I know this is foolish, he says, but just treat me this way for a moment or two. So he said, well, I speak, I speak not according to the Lord, but as it were foolishly in this confidence of boasting. So the Lord's not telling me to talk this way, and I don't usually, but seeing you accept fools, well, accept me as a fool. Just let me boast like they boasted. Seeing that many boast according to the flesh, I also will boast. For you put up with fools gladly, since you yourselves are wise. He's been a bit sarcastic there, isn't he? For you put up with it, if one brings you into bondage, if one devours you, if one takes from you, if one exalts himself, if one strikes you on the face. To our shame, I say that we were too weak for that. But whenever anyone is bold, but in whatever anyone is bold, I speak foolishly, I am bold also. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often, from the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. That's 195 stripes. That's a lot of lashes, isn't it? Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. And night and day I've been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things what come upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches." And so that's just a little snippet of what this man had actually gone through. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, just back a little bit, in verse 7, we read this the other week, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. And then in chapter 6, verse 3, we give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed. But in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, imprisonments, in tumults, 
in labors and sleeplessness and fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers yet true, as unknown yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. So that's quite a litany of things that Paul went through. And the reason why I read that is to show you that when Paul says something, he's not speaking in a vacuum. It's not academic. He's gone through the stuff. He's walked this walk. He's run his race. So how could Paul say in the midst of all of that, in whatever state I am, I'm content. Whatever state I find myself in, I am content. Now let me qualify that. I do not believe for one second that Paul was content with the circumstances of life. Because you remember whenever he got the thorn in the flesh, the messenger Satan to buffet me, he prayed three times for the Lord to take it away. He didn't want it. <laughs> he wasn't content with that thorn, but he learned to live with it. He learned to handle it. So he's not content with the circumstances, but he's content in spite of the circumstances. Paul was content in spite of the situations he found himself in. How did he arrive at that position? Well, he tells us. He said, whatever state I am, I have learned to be content. I have learned. So he, this, he didn't acquire this the first day he could see it. He says, I've learned to be like this. And it took a while. It didn't happen overnight. And if Paul learned it, the implication is then that we can learn it too. Not that we feel we have arrived there. I certainly don't. I don't think you do either. But that's our direction of travel, that we can learn to be content in whatever state we find ourselves in. And let me give you some of the things that I think Paul learned that helped him to be content in whatever set of circumstances he found himself in. First of all, something to recognize, then something to realize, and then something to remember. First of all, recognize that we live in a fallen world. This is no utopia. It's no longer an Edenic paradise. This is a fallen world. And in a fallen world, stuff happens. In a fallen world, things are not fair. In a fallen world, things are unjust. In a fallen world, world the unexpected happens. In a fallen world that the devil is the God of, because the Bible says the devil is the God of this world. He's not our God, but he's the God of this world. And he has great influence and he holds great sway. You can see that every day of your life. If you read a newspaper, you watch television, you can see the influence, the sway of the evil one over this world because he's the God of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air. 
And because that is the case, then this world will conspire against the believer who's trying to walk in God's way because this world is against God, isn't it? So remember, we are living contrary to this world, and this world will try to shape us into its mold, into its way of thinking and its way of going. And it's very subtle. It's very subtle. Lots of believers today have been swayed by the influence of this world and are going along with it, actually going along with it, when they should be going against it. But that's what the world is like. And so we should not be surprised then if things happen, if stuff comes against us in this life. In fact, Peter said, do not be surprised. He acknowledged at 1 Peter 4.12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. <laughs> it never ceases to amaze me how many believers, if something bad happens, they're amazed that it should happen to me. Peter says, don't be surprised. It's par for the course. You're living in a fallen world. Stuff happens, and it happens to the world, and it happens to us in the world. So Peter says, don't be surprised at that. He says, that's normal. And in fact, what he's talking about, fiery trials, that's not a wee problem. They were being persecuted on the death. They were being burnt. Nero was burning them alive in his gardens. <laughs> so when Peter talks about a fiery trial, and yet he says, don't be surprised. You know, if they did this to the master, what are they going to do to the servant? Verse 16, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed but let him glorify God in this matter. If the world comes against you, then you should glorify God. Because you're doing something right if the world comes against you. Because you're doing what's contrary to the word. And if the word kicks back against you, that's okay. Glorify God. So in this fallen, imperfect, unjust world, sometimes bad things happen to good people. Do you agree with me? Bad things happen to good people. Peter says, don't be surprised. And sometimes it is just directly the evil one's fault. Sometimes it's indirect where he uses people and circumstances. Sometimes people can cause you so much trouble, can't they? Maybe somebody at work, maybe somebody in your home, maybe a relative, maybe somebody in your community, maybe a next-door neighbor. It may be somebody in your office or in your university or in your school. But sometimes somebody can cause you a whole lot of trouble and often they don't even know the reason why. You've never done them any harm. you never wished them any ill will. You only ever spoke be gracious to them and be nice to them. And yet for some reason or other, if I can put it bluntly, they just hate your guts. <laughs> they just hate you. And you don't know why. And they don't even know why. But that's the enemy sometimes uses others uh, just to come against the children of God. Sometimes it is our own fault, of course, isn't it? Sometimes we do stupid things and get ourselves into trouble. We open our big mouth or we do the wrong thing at the wrong time and all the rest of it. And all of us has been in that position where we have got ourselves into trouble. Our fault, none to do with the devil, none to do with anybody else, just me, us, ourselves. We blundered, we messed up. We dropped the ball. So what are you going to do? Well, you've got to accept that and you've got to move on 
and understand how to, how to deal with it when it happens. Because for sure it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So how do we deal with it when it does happen? That's what I really want to get to. Paul learned how to handle every and any situation, the good, the bad, and the ugly. He got to the place where he says, whatever state I find myself in, I am content. <laughs> Took him a while to get there, but he got there. First of all, realize that you can do all things through Christ. Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ. I can face all things through Christ. I can go through all things through Christ. I can endure all things through Christ. Not by ourselves, but through Christ. As far as Paul was concerned, Christ was his rock, he was his defense, he was his shield, he was his fortress, and he had no confidence at all in the arm of flesh. Now, it's nice when people are nice to you. It's nice when they help you. It's nice when they keep their promises. It's nice when they are a blessing to you. But that's not always life, is it? Sometimes people let you down. Sometimes they fail you. Sometimes we fail others. We've all been in that position. That's the arm of flesh. Sometimes people mean well, and they make all kinds of promises, but they can't keep them. That's the arm of flesh. Sometimes people will turn against you and want nothing more to do with you and you haven't done anything to warrant that. That's the arm of flesh. Here's what Paul says. In 2 Timothy 1.15, here's what he said. All those in Asia have turned away from me. <laughs> you see, when you're reading your Bible and you read that wee line, you want to just skip past that, but you need to stop at those lines and think, where are we met? All those in Asia, all those people I won to Christ, <laughs> all those people I served and helped and blessed and taught, all of them, they've turned away from me. <laughs> Can you believe it? Did you ever have somebody turn away from you? You've only ever tried to bless them, but they've turned away from you. It's par for the course. It happens. But I like this verse. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, in fact, 2 Timothy 4, and verse 14. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. You also must beware of him, for he has already resisted our words. At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. <laughs> Everybody he thought would have and should have stood with him, they didn't, and they all forsook him. May it not be charged against them. But notice this. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Isn't that lovely? But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Even though all of them forsook me and turned their back against me, but the Lord didn't. The Lord stood with me. In the midst of all of that difficulty, I knew the Lord was with me. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you even unto the very end. 
Paul invested time, effort, probably money. He invested his teaching. He poured his life into a young prodigy called Demas to wake up one day to say, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. I had so much hope for him. There was so much potential there. He could have went so far. He had so much opportunity. But he turned away from all, and he forsook me. He's forsaken me, having loved this present world. So in those times, you've got to realize that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Psalm 27:10. when my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. So we've got to look to the Lord, not the arm of flesh. You may be in a situation today where somebody, a friend, is a true blue friend. You know if you called them, and said, would you pray for me right now? They would pray for you right now. You know, if you called them and said, could you drop around? I need to see you. They would drop around to see you. Wonderful. Thank God for friends like that. But what if that friend wasn't there? What if that friend moves away? What if that friend is out of town or out of the country? What if ones you depended on can no longer depend on them. What are you going to do if the arm of flesh fails, even for the best of reasons? Not that they don't care about you anymore, but they just can't help you anymore. What are you going to do? You're going to look to the Lord, aren't you? Realize that I can do all things through Christ. And remember Christ as your strength, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. John 16, these things I have spoken to you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Every single thing that you or I may ever face in this life, he's overcome it. He overcame it for us. Everything. And that's the one that we count on and depend upon. 1 John 4 and 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he and he that's in you than he that is in the world. And so you have the greater one inside you. And so should the arm of flesh fail you, yet you have got the greater one inside you. In John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Think of Jesus and all that he went through in this life. And yet there was a, a calmness. He never seemed to be in a rush or a hurry, never was in a panic. There was an imperturbability about Christ's life. Everything was under control. You say, well, I'm not Jesus. Well, neither am I. I understand that. But Paul had got to the place in his life where less and less and less did things trouble him. Not that they came against him any less, but the less they troubled him, he was more content. And the longer he lived in Christ and walked with Christ, the more content he was in his life, no matter what happened around him. 
He had the peace of God in his heart. Jesus is my peace. The peace that I've got, I give that to you. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? I always say, of course, whenever you get that phone call or you get that, open that letter or that knock comes to your door or whatever it may be, suddenly, unexpectedly, come out of the blue, your initial reaction is negative. Fear strikes. And we all know what fear feels like. We've all felt it, haven't we? And for a moment or two, at least, a sense of dread. Or you lose your peace. Or you suddenly become really anxious. And all of us experience that. But hopefully, hopefully that is short-lived. Hopefully, in a little while, you say to yourself, now wait a minute here, I have Christ who helps me. I have the Word of God in me. I have the peace of God in my heart that Christ gave to me. And you calm down and you begin to trust Him and put the load and the worry and the care unto the Lord. This was Paul's position. This is why he was able to say, I'm content regardless of what's going on around me. I have learned to be content. Come unto me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Our souls need the rest, don't we? Because we get anxious and we get fearful and we get worried and we panic and we sweat and we fret. But his peace and his rest needs to come into our hearts. And so the Apostle Paul says, I have learned of whatever state I am therewith to be content. Psalm 55, 22, cast all your burdens upon the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Never suffer the righteous to be moved. Peter says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Not some of it, not most of it, but all of it. Maybe you do what I do sometimes. Maybe you get into bed and you know you're going to have a restless night if you don't deal with it. And so you say, Lord, I've done all I can do with it. And that's fair enough. If you've done all that you can do, that's good. I've done all I can do with that. I can't do it anymore. I can't sort any more of that out. I can't have no more answer to that. Lord, I leave that with you tonight. I'm trusting you. I'm handing it over to you. I'm casting my burden upon you tonight. And then you get up the next morning, you take it back again. <laughs> you start worrying all over again, don't you? Am I the only one who does that? No, I don't think so. But don't take it back. If we cast it upon him, let it stay upon him because he cares for us. He cared about the widow's oil. He cared about the widow's son. He cared about the widow's might. He cares about the spiral that falls. He counts the very hairs on your head. He cares about Peter's temple tax. He cared about that young wedding, that young couple at their wedding, about the reception, about the wine. He cared about every single detail. And he cares about the details of your life and my life. 
the God who stretched out the heavens with a span, who hung the world upon nothing, who put the stars into existence, who owns the cattle on a thousand fields, the gold and the silver belongs to him. He is the one that cares for us. So Paul says, I'm content. Peter says, cast your burden upon him. And that's why Paul was able to say in Acts 20, 24, none of these things, all those things we read earlier, none of these things move me. I'm not going to be sidetracked. I'm not going to be deviated or diverted. I have a path to go on. God has got a purpose for my life, and I am going to head, keep on going straight on and doing it. Nothing's going to divert me. It's like as if he has blinkers on, but he hasn't. It's a real world he lives in but he's determined to go on. None of these things is going to move me off the purpose of God for my life. What a man he was. Amen. But he says, I've learned this. Didn't happen automatically. I have learned to be content. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Not in and out and up and down like a yo-yo. There's Christians you see them today, you see them tomorrow, and then they're disappearing and they're back and they're gone for up and down, in and out like a yo-yo. No, no. That's not the life that we're to live. To be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Colossians 1.23, Paul urges, continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast. <laughs> Glory to God. And so let me ask you the question tonight as we close. Are you content? Have you learned to be content in spite of your circumstances? Say, David, it's tough at times. Absolutely, I know. Because I've had plenty of circumstances to try that out. And sometimes when you declare that is when you're going to get tested on it. <laughs> Did you ever say something and before the night was out you were tested on it? That ever happened to you? <laughs> or you're in church and you praise the Lord and you say amen, glory to God and you write the notes and great stuff and you go out that door and before you reach the bottom of the stairs somebody says something to you and all that's out the window. You just lost your peace. <laughs> you're not content. But Paul says No. He says, I have learned to be content. Took me a while, had to work at it, went through a lot of stuff, but I have learned to be content no matter what the circumstances are in life. Amen? Amen. Lord, we thank you that you are good to us. We bless you that your plans are good for us. We thank you, Lord, that you have a purpose in our life. So, Lord, help us to walk straight. Help us to be steadfast and yet always abounding. Help us, Lord, to trust you at all times. When we get that negative call, when we get that letter, letter in the post, when we get that uh, knock on the door, when we get those situations, Lord, that we didn't realize was going to happen, didn't think about it, help us at those moments, Lord, to look to you and say, Lord, you knew all about this. Before it ever came to me, you knew all about it. And Lord, you know how to take care of it. So I'm going to trust you and depend on you for the rest of my life, for the rest of my days. In this particular situation I face tonight, I'm going to trust you and be content 
that you will work it out to your honor and to your glory in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information, www.mpc.org.uk.